BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time to Ben Jurassic Show as I speak. It's Thursday, June 16th, 2022. Here's a headline that we're not going to talk about with biggest rate increase since 94. Fed gets tough and soaring inflation. And then it's like this graph. It doesn't show about how uh, the Fed's raising interest rates, but it doesn't say uh, is that the stock market tumbled today. And so my distinguished guest's fortune, which is roughly, approximately, uh, began the day at $100 million, is perhaps worth now, I don't know, uh, $90 million. My My distinguished guest is he lost 10%. Of his earnings, but since he had a hundred million, ladies and gentlemen, big deal, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, no, no, okay. My distinguished guest is saying I'm all wrong. All right, without further ado, I'm gonna ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself and they will take it away. Take it away, distinguished guest. Hey there, I am actor, comedian, and host of Out Chicago on WCPT Chicago's Progressive Talk, Scott Duff. Yes, and a good, good friend of the Ben Jarofsky show, and a good and a good buddy of Ben Ben Jarofsky. Yes, show. and, and ben, ben Jarofsky. Jarofsky. I saw your yeah. wife. I saw your wife the other day. Yes, I'm aware of that. Uh, you saw her at the grocery store. I'm aware of that. Yes, at the snack factory. At the snack factory? What's the yeah, snack factory? That's what I call Trader Joe's. Trader oh. Joe's. Oh, the snack factory. It ain't nothing but snacks. It's a snack factory. I love Trader Joe's, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't want to take the deep dive <laughs> love for Trader Joe's, but they get this clam chowder at Trader Joe's. It is so good. I get the, the clam chowder, and I mix it with uh, uh, the milk. Oh, all right. Focus, Ben, focus. Uh, Scott Duff is, I think of you, Scott, mostly these days as a comedian, a stand-up comedian. Uh, he's also a great actor. I uh, think that his performance in The Farce Noises Off, which I saw pre-pandemic, was one of the best performances I've seen on Chicago stage uh, in a long time. And I, yes, you were absolutely hysterical. You were great. Oh, uh, and you. um Yes, you were brilliant. So Scotty D's got a lot of talent, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of you probably think of him uh, just as a talk show host, but there's a lot of talent in this young man. Uh, and he's very nice to come on the show. All right. Uh, there's a whole list of things that we're going to talk about. 
Uh, but let's, I guess we should be serious for a moment and um, talk about the arrests that took place. I think it was this, I've lost track of time, Scott, uh, but at Northern Idaho, to use your recommendation, uh, and there was going to be, uh, well, I think there was uh, a pride, I don't know if it was a parade or a celebration or a picnic or something like that, and was a, big a bunch pride of white event. supremacists. Yeah. Yes, I mean, a pride event. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, it's, you know, it's Idaho. I don't think it's a big parade. You know, it was probably just yeah. it was a great pride <laughs> event. And, you yeah. know, I don't know how big of a parade we got. There might be everybody in Idaho there. But, uh, yeah, no, it happened this weekend. It was on Saturday. Uh, I guess whatever, I don't know, the date, whatever that is, uh, the 11th. Uh, there was this big pride event that happened in northern Idaho, and the cops got tipped off. Uh, about a U-Haul that was filled with 31 white supremacists dressed in riot gear um, in the back. And they were planning on attacking this Pride event. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it was very, very shocking uh, when, when that came out. And... You know, we were talking a little bit about like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, this is this is kind of a big deal because you know we're coming, we're clearly we're in Pride Month. We live here in Chicago, and we live, you know, in Illinois. Which fortunately, we, uh, the LGBTQ community, we have we are protected. We have rights here in this state, and that's not necessarily true. Uh, well, that isn't true for the entire state. We're still waiting for the uh, for Congress to pass the Equality Act, even though it has been uh, signed by the House, I believe, twice, uh, and is just waiting to come up for a vote in the Senate, which would bring uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, equality to the entire nation. Um, and right now, as we are coming up to the midterms, um, I think it's really, really important this year during Pride that we remember that Pride was a protest and not a party. Uh, I, 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 I tend to say this every year uh, because we get, you know, kind of, kind of all swept up in it. Like lately, it, it, I'm trying to organize my thoughts to sound smart about this, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 really great that we have we've come so far as a queer community. You know, we. The marriage equality has passed. You know, we have, uh, don't ask, don't tell is over. We can serve openly. Uh, here in Illinois, in many, many states, we have incredible rights uh, and freedoms that are granted to us when we are a protected group of, of people. Uh, and and uh, corporate America has figured out that we, a lot of us who don't have kids, we're the, the original dinks, double income, no kids, uh, and that we are a major force when it comes to buying things. And they, during the entire month of June, everybody just slaps on a pride sticker onto something, or they put a rainbow flag on whatever. And they like to remind us, you know, it's like I always joke, the, you know, welcome to the pride parade. It is brought to you by Citibank and Miller Beer. Miller Beer, if you've got the queers, we've got the beer. Miller Beer. <clears throat> You know, and it's it's great that we have that. But then the other 12 months, they seem to go away and disappear. Um, as we are coming up onto the midterm elections, it is very clear to me that what the uh, uh, conservative right does, they take a playbook from the Reagan playbook, 
which is organizing discontent around certain issues. They are trying to find the issues that are the hot buttons for uh, conservative voters for their base all over the country. Um, the perennial favorite uh, it has always been black people. You know, they, it's like, oh, let's, let's stir up racism and, you know, let's talk about welfare queens, et cetera, the violence, the drugs, whatever it is that they like to place on the feet of, of black people. And about every decade or so, uh, the LGBTQ community rallies up and we become the focus of their ire. Uh, and it seems to me that this particular election season, that's what's happening. You're seeing it all over the place. You know, you've got Florida with the don't say gay bills. You have half of the South with all of these, you know, anti-trans bills that are, are happening. Uh, was it just in Texas where they were saying that uh, kid, parents who take their kids to a drag show, like a drag drag queen story hour, that is now uh, a felony, you know, so, or, or can be, that's what they're trying to propose. So it's like, it's, it's, as we are entering into this, this lovely season of pride, I just want to remind everybody that our rights are still not guaranteed. We are fortunate here in Illinois, but, and in Chicago in particular, like Chicago is, is one of the, the game meccas of the Midwest. You will find every queer from a small town in a neighboring state flocks here because of the diversity, because of the acceptance, because of the protections that we have. That is not true for everybody throughout this entire country. So again, just a, just a little reminder that, you know, while it's great that we're out there supporting, uh, supporting queer folks and queer businesses and people who like to slap rainbow stickers and rainbow flags and unicorns and whatnot all over the place, there are still a bunch of people who um, are actively trying to take away our rights. And that is why we have a pride because it is a protest and not a party. Yes. Uh, and uh, off my no, no, no. Let's now. keep you on that soapbox. We're not done with this yet. Uh, get back in the soapbox. No, we are. Uh, and yeah, uh, I've been it. thinking about this uh, a lot, uh, Scott. And we're in a backlash season on uh, several fronts. One that I talk about a lot on the show has to do with criminal justice. I'm going to put that to the side for the moment. The other one has to do with what they gets boiled down to cultural issues. Uh, and uh, that's where uh, the LGBTQ community falls in cultural issues. Now, follow me on this one because I, I, I take serious, believe it or not, Scott, I actually take serious the arguments that MAGA makes to justify their positions. And when I, and as a result of taking serious and listening and reading to what they uh, say and write, I see huge contradictions. So follow. Right now, MAGA is uh, waging a two-front war that is like, they're really like fighting themselves. On one hand, they espouse liberty. And as they say, liberty means they have the right to say whatever they want, no matter who they insult. And if anybody responds uh, with a negative reaction, that's cancel culture. And they have claimed as one of their own somehow or other, we'll get into this later, George Carlin as their ally. And as George Carlin died 14 years ago, not around to defend himself. They've claimed him as their ally uh, in this uh, defense of free speech and liberty. On the other hand, they say that if you offend our religious sensibilities, you've gone too far. So and if, you def if you offend their religious sensibilities, you've gone so far that your right to expression, be it as expressing who you are by being openly gay, is offensive to them. And so oh, well, they reserve like the, right to, yeah. the right to yes. cancel you. Yes. 
Do you yeah, follow yeah, that? Yeah. Well, they're canceling people of their own party right now, which is just so funny, you know? It's like they're saying, you know, Liz Cheney, I just finished listening up to the other uh, hearings. You gave the date today. It's it's Thursday. Just was listening to the hearings. You know, Liz Cheney is somebody who is facing the ire of her entire party because she dared to, you know, it's it's country over party with her. At least, well, with this, this particular issue. I to, we still have to remember that she's meh. Not so great, except when it comes to this whole January 6th thing. Like, I'm on board 100% with you, Liz Cheney. But her entire party is canceling her. They stripped her of her, her leadership power. You know, she's up against this another... She's uh, being primaried against uh, in her state for re-election. So she's kind of... They go after their own. Look at what they did to um, Madison Cawthorn, which, by the way, they should have... <laughs> I was going to say... That. <laughs> Dear Lord. Well, I mean, the thing that's 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 so funny because everything's just kind of coming around and biting them in the butts. You know, they're Madison Cawthorn, who is like hmm, super duper smart, almost as smart as Lauren Boebert, you know, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's like these loud people who are just like these obnoxious little crows who are just like, nah, 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 and like. And they, just, I mean, they're they're going after their own. And but again, but it's when they're screaming free speech, free speech, and liberty. It's like, well, they're speaking what's on their mind, but it's not going along with the party line. So they're going after them. It's it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. All right. So uh, you mentioned uh, corporate America uh, recognizing the buying power, the consumer power of gay gay people. Uh, let's take it one step further. I'm sure there's a lot of LGBTQ people who are working for corporate America that are speaking out. Uh, I'm sure there's corporations headed by openly gay people. I'm thinking of Apple right now. And so, so corporate America has to recognize officially, uh, where many of the people who work there are, if you follow me. They're experiencing uh, a backlash. It's happening in Florida. Ron DeSantis going after Disney. It's so bizarre taking away their tax their tax breaks. Which, but I would have been with them maybe just taking away their tax breaks. But, but, but to do it be, as punishment because they're too what liberal on gay issues. Wait a minute. What about cancel? What about your opposition to cancel culture? So here's my question. You. Scott, how long will corporate America resist before it too falls in line with? Well, I mean, the far corporate right? America is kind of falling in line already. I mean, there was a huge thing that happened with State Farm Insurance uh, just about a week and a half ago. There is an incredible organization uh, here in Chicago. Oh no, why is it, it, it gender cool? That's it. Uh, it's it started here in Chicago. It's called the Gender Cool Project, and what that their organization does is they uh, have these ambassadors of uh, trans and gender nonconforming young people to uh, kind of show the world that uh, someone's gender identity or gender expression is not the whole sum of their parts uh, and that it is just a part of them and it makes them special and unique. But also, did you know that they are an incredible soccer player or that they are really into politics or that this, this kid really loves acting? Like that there's, it is just a part of who they are. And State Farm Insurance came on board uh, to be a part of their, uh, they just released a couple of, of new books that are that aimed at young people, younger audiences, usually like, in, uh, like the upper elementary school, middle school ages, that it talks about gender. Uh, 
in, in a way that is appropriate for those age groups. And State Farm came on board to say, yes, we would love to, um, we want to support you and we're going to support this, you know, as a part of our Pride Month. Mm, see, as a part of our Pride Month thing. Uh, but then there was such a huge backlash on, uh, on Twitter, uh, you know, the, the hashtag, like a creepy neighbor, uh, started coming on, on board and people were like saying, how dare you? You are forcing children to read these books. It's like, again, this was nothing to do with like, so they got a huge backlash about that. And then they pulled their partnership with the Gender Cool Project. A similar thing just happened with Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut has a, uh, a summer reading program. I forget what it's called. Oh, book it. That's what it is. It's Pizza Hut's book it program. And they just, you know, recommend here are some books that, you know, kids just encouraging young people to read, to step away from a computer screen or their phones or their iPad or whatever it is and to pick up a book. And because they had a book that was about uh, gender identity and one about LGBTQ history, again, the, the right is going after this whole thing. They're using those horrible terms like grooming and claiming people are being pedophiles uh, to pull these things in. And Pizza Hut faced a backlash with that. Now, I don't think that Pizza Hut took off their, those titles from their reading list, but um, they still were being attacked. And I think corporate America, I think it'll... June is just going to be a hot month for for all of these you know people when because everyone's coming out in support of LGBTQ issues like they should. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens once we get past June to see like how hard is Pizza Hut really suffering and how hard is State Farm really suffering? You know, it, it's such a weirdo. Wait, thing. what do you mean? How hard are they suffering? Well, because like you know, there are people like I'm never going to have Pizza Hut ever again. It's like no, I bet you'll have Pizza Hut. You know, just yeah. in yeah. September. You know, or yeah. you know, yeah. like Chick Fil A is doing just fine and dandy. You know, oh even well, Chick Fil A was the other way. Well, even though they're the other way, but you know, we have a lot of people boycotting them. You know, the the boycott stuff, it works kind of unless you can get everybody on board with it. You know, going back. Did to you boycott Chick Fil A? Oh yeah. Oh God. Here's, oh, this is my dilemma. So I used to be a teacher. You know this. I used to be a teacher in Memphis, Tennessee at, at, a, at, a, at a private school. And every function that we had afterwards, they would sell Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Have you had a Chick-fil-A sandwich? They're really good. They are so super tasty. I love Jesus chicken. We call, I call them Jesus chicken because they're closed on Sundays. Uh, and that's the whole thing. So Jesus chicken is fucking delicious, okay? Uh, especially the little Polynesian sauce for the little tiny chicken nuggets. But when it was coming out, and that was at the height of them coming out, it was being, that, you know, widely reported that they were not supporting, they were donating for uh, anti-LGBTQ causes. And I'm like, damn it, I can't. So I have not had a Chick-fil-A sandwich in like over a decade. And I love Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Yeah. Hey, man, I know. I know. Speaking of, you know, I will cross my legs. I know that we only have three nails, man. But I am a, I am a martyr and a sacrifice. I'm up there on that cross. Uh, yeah. But I thought Chick-fil-A had a, a moment of awareness. Maybe I was, uh, imagine that. Okay. All right. I, I just imagine that. No, I, I, um, 
I'm watching what's going on in Florida very carefully uh, because, you know, I had thought, and silly me, that we had reached a point where the Republican Party had more or less accepted the notion uh, that some men may like other men, some women may like other women, etc., and so forth, as a libertarian principle. Do you follow what I'm saying, Scott? So they had kind of reached that, and that uh, most of their uh, angst and anger would be at abortion, not uh, identity. And I feel as though definitely in the last, well, the Trump years, there's been a retreat. And now I don't know how uh, how far they're going to go on this. Go ahead. Oh, I don't know how far they're going to go with either. Like, here's my whole thing that I've been kind of grappling with the past couple of years. It's like, you know, with the Republican Party, the way that they've been moving things on a national level, you know, the way that they are trying to limit women's rights, they're trying to limit abortion rights, they're trying to, you know, all of the things that they are trying to, there's a refusal to do anything about gun control. I've always been so confused but mostly about like mostly about people's rights, not necessarily the gun control thing. I understand that that's money and that's the NRA and that's awful. Um, but when it comes to people's human rights, that that affects nobody else. You know, like my right to marry who I love does not affect your marriage. You know, if I were a woman or somebody who had a, a uterus and I needed an abortion, that does not affect you at all. This is my own decision. And I've been like, the way that the Republicans have been going after it so hard, I mean, they are just like, like a dog on a bone right there. They're just like, and I'm always like, to what end? To what, what are you trying to establish? And I've always been very confused because I, you know, I kind of believe, it's my Pollyanna moment, I kind of believe that, like, people are, are good and people can, you know, the, they, they want to care for their fellow man, especially if they call themselves Christians, which most of the Republican Party pretends that they are. But it really, it's really coming very clear to me that what they want is a white, straight, Christian country. And if you do not tick all of those boxes, you do not belong here. And that is what they are trying to do. Now, granted, that is a very small number of the population of this country. However, these are the people that they've elected and that are in office that are making these decisions right now. You know, they are the ones who are passing these don't say gay bills. These are the ones that are, you know, pushing your Amy Coney Barrett's through the... Uh, confirmation process to now that we have this whole like what's going to happen with Roe v. Wade He's, there's a lot of things that are that are happening that's already in place now hopefully it will come around and bite them in the butts but to me it really is becoming clear that the end game particularly for this group of elected officials is that America becomes exclusively a white straight Christian nation and there is no room for anybody else mm. Wow. Uh, and, it's very uh, bleak. Like, <laughs> yes, it's a very bleak. But it's uh, like, that's the where I've, I, because I've been really grappling with it for the last couple of years. Haven't you been wondering the same thing? Like, what to what end? Why? Why? These, these decisions do not affect your happiness. Yes. Well, okay. 
now we're really getting at something here. Uh, so I, this is like, I'm grappling on in two areas. And, uh, so as I said earlier, I take serious what MAGA says. And so I listen to what they say and I read, uh, what they write. Uh, because so, I'm looking for a principle. All right. And I, um, I've not seen anything related to a principle because they vary their message according to the circumstances. So, for instance, I'll give you an example uh, on this issue. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, uh, MAGA believes that a baker who uh, has a quote-unquote religious opposition to a gay marriage should not be forced to sell a wedding cake uh, to a gay couple. And they believe that they had, that's an infringement on their religious liberty. So they're proclaiming a religious right, that there's freedom of religion in this country, and that is what's at stake. It's not about being prejudiced uh, against a gay couple. It's not about discrimination against uh, people who want to buy a wedding cake. It's a proclamation of their religious liberty. All right? Just recently, I noted... Uh, this, in the state of Florida, a synagogue uh, has sued the state of Florida, follow me on this, Scott, arguing that their ban on abortion or their restriction on abortion uh, infringes on their religious liberty to get an abortion because there's no declaration in Judaism that says you can't get an abortion. And in fact, most of the Jewish theories, theoreticians, are saying uh, the woman's health is paramount, the woman's choice is paramount, and so this is our religion that we're practicing. And if you say we can't, if you, the state, say that we can't uh, perform or have an abortion, then you're dictating to uh Jewish people, what they can and can't do, and that's an infringement of their religious rights and religious liberties. I am looking, Scott, I am looking for the bakers in Indiana and the bakers in Colorado who denied, who said they had a religious right not to sell to a gay couple. I'm waiting for them to join forces with, with my Jewish brothers and sisters down in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With their Jewish brothers and sisters. <laughs> <We're>, guys, <laughs> come on, everybody. Stop on. There we are. See what I'm saying, Scott? Yeah. They're such frauds. They they proclaim a greater principle and then they don't adhere to it. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying that. And the hypocrisy of the whole thing, too. You know, it's it's that's the part that's just so... The part that just just really gets my dander up. And we've talked about this many times. It's the fact that, like, they are hiding behind this and waving this huge flag of, like, I am a Christian. Christian, Christian, Christian. And yet they, all of their actions are like, are the exact opposite of like the teachings of Christ. You know, it is not like opening your doors to strangers. It is not taking care of like those uh, with the least, you know, what you do for those with the least you do to me. There's the, the, the above all, like the most important thing is love. Like all of these things, they are completely ignoring you know, and yet still, they're like, but I'm a good Christian. <laughs> it's, uh, all right. Now, uh, the other point I want to make before we get into the, the teachings of Christ, because that'll be a transition to George Carlin, uh, is uh, you'll, you'll see where, how I handle that one. Uh, the uh, master I'm, I'm, I work here. <laughs> Let's hope I can remember. <laughs> I uh, but uh, the thing that concerns me, and get your thoughts on this, uh, I've, I've written off MAGA. 
So they're they're a cult, a bizarre cult that adores guns and fertilize eggs, which is a strange thing, you know, thing that two things <laughs> wouldn't really say they're the same, but that's that's their their cultish obsession. Uh, so I've written them off. I'm wondering about the rest of America, and this is a follow-up really to corporate America. Like, I think about people in the suburbs, Scott, who know better. Uh, You know, you would, they're probably in their heart of hearts not bigoted against gay people. Uh, They probably in their heart of hearts don't think uh, it's apocalyptic if a woman gets an abortion. Uh, And yet, will... And and they also probably think it's not, it's not a good thing to have an insurrection overturn a democratic election. Okay, so do you think they'll be bullied into following MAGA? That's you know, what I wonder. Go ahead. Well, that's the thing that, that's just so weird. It's like it's kind of figuring out like where does how far does MAGA reach and how far does MAGA extend? You know, um, we have these so called you know like these good people, you know, but. Uh, you still have, like, we have pride events that are happening here in the suburbs here, like in Buffalo Grove and Aurora, where they are met with constant, like, opposition from their neighbors. You know, they're like, they're people who, like, post ugly things on social media, who tear down signs, who do all of this stuff. I, I think you're, you nailed, hit it right on the, right on the snout there, buddy, when it comes to, like, MAGA is a cult. And what's happening is we are, it is going to take, that whole uh, 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 deprogramming of people before they can kind of step away. People actually believe that, like, why are we talking about the January 6th? That already happened. It was a small group of people, blah, blah, blah. We're done. We've learned from it. It's like, no, we haven't. You know, whatever. It's like, that's not happening. You know, th- but uh, again, in every, every election cycle, we, they're trying to find, they find one group that we can other that we can create fear around, you know? Like these books. A book didn't make anybody gay. A book made nobody gay. Like, do you know how many straight books I read growing up? Still a big old homo, you know? (laughs) It doesn't work the other way, you know? So so why why do you think that, like, you know, that two boy penguins are hatching an egg together Mm, I'm going to want to go suck some dick right after that. Like, it's just so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. But there are people who, they, you know, we talk about single-issue voters, you know, and they exist on both sides, like in both parts, and both sides of the political spectrum. You know, but they are people who are like, they are just aiming at the gays are coming for your kids. They want to make them all transgender penguins or what it, pen, pen, transgender penguin drag queens. Who are and who are going to be like writing manifestos and making your kindergartner read them naked in school, like that's what it is, and it's just it's ridiculous. And there is going to there there's almost like this deprogramming that has to happen. I got one in my family, you know. I've got a whole mega dude that I've been just been trying to deal with, and finally, you know. I've listened to the crazy stories of like AOC is going to be setting up uh, re-education camps for conservative people. Uh, we got into a whole thing argument about like uh, he re- was going to boycott going to my niece and nephew's wedding 
my niece and her husband, rather. Now that sounded weird. Niece and nephew. Yeah, I'm I know it. Sorry. Uh, my niece's uh, wedding uh, at Notre Dame because it was right after uh, Pence gave the commencement speech and people walked out. And he was going to boycott the wedding. I'm like, why? That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life. Like people, they, they get these weird sorts of, they, they, they just get these little nuggets of like, this is who I'm supposed to hate. They get their marching orders and they, they go for it. They just, they follow. And again, it's like that dog on a bone. They are just hanging in there. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So I, uh, it's a fearful time. Uh, cause I don't know how far, uh, they will push uh, the boundaries. In other words, we move the conversation further and further to the right. Uh, and what was once inconceivable becomes acceptable. So now it's the idea that uh, like that Pennsylvania might elect uh, as its governor a man who s- insists that the uh, Joe Biden did not win the election, that he stole the election, uh, that the January 6th insurrection was righteous. The notion that he might be governor of the state of Pennsylvania is very frightening to me. And I have many liberal friends who, who say, Ben, you don't understand. This is good for the Democrats because these extremists are, are easier to beat. And I'm like, dude, you are fooling yourself. You've not and studied did, history at all. Did you not just see the 2016 election? We had an extremist and he won. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like we, right now we've got some, uh, some friends up from Memphis and we were talking about, you know, the, all of the anti-LGBTQ legislation that's happening all over the place. And Tennessee is one of the, is fighting Florida for like, let's see how we can fuck over the gays. And, and we were saying about how like, we believe that like, um, he, uh, my friend believes that a majority of the, the people who live in the state of Tennessee really like, they have an, a queer family member or a friend or a coworker or whatever. And they don't believe this legislation. But again, the problem is it's the legislation is being passed now. So when it comes to like, all you have to do is vote. Like, yes, you have to vote, but we also have to speak out against it all the time. Uh, just because to help people, like help with the whole deprogramming thing. It's very odd what's going on right now. And it's a scary time. All right, so I'm going to go. It is a scary time. So, and uh, here I have a comedian on the show with me, and we should now do something funny because uh, it's been so gloomy and doomy. But yeah. I've, I've well, painted no, us I think in it's such been a informative, corner. and I have sworn. <laughs> so that's fun. I've been a potty mouth, so that's fun. Okay. <laughs> you know? uh, so let's talk comedians. I'm utterly obsessed with George Carlin these days. I've always been one, one uh, to a degree or another, ever going back to. Well, guys, it'd be late sixties when I discovered him. I'm older than Scott loves them when I say this. I'm like the generation up from Scott. I'm older than Scott. Ah, uh, he loves when I say that. And uh, uh, no, not barely. <laughs> anyway, and and the the, the the transition I was making was like when you were talking about uh, what what Jesus would do, and and George Carlin has this riff, this incredible riff. I urge everybody to go check it out. You've probably seen it already. He's talking about abortion opponents uh, and how hypocritical they are, and you'll never see uh, an abortion opponent like adopt a crack baby, you know, and raise a crack baby because you know that would be something Christ might do, and that's how I could I could see it. I, that's his line that he would say. And the, uh, it's, it's so effective and yet it's so twisted right now. Uh, Scott, I watch a lot of, uh, MAGA people, 
in, in quasi-MAGA people, like embracing George Carlin as though he speaks to them. Because somehow or other, they think he would be their ally uh, in the war against cancel culture. <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling with this uh, one, Scott. I think I'm going to write a column about this and, and deal with it. Um, why do you think it is that MAGA embraces a man whose entire... Uh, just all his bits <laughs> just mock who they are yeah, and, yeah. and well, it's because uh, they criticize have nobody they on their side you know they have no like what they've got chachi they've got uh an underwear model they've got you know like dennis miller who now just seems like a cranky old man as opposed to anybody funny like there's they don't have the they got joe rogan you know like they don't. They don't have anybody funny, and but they're again. They're globbing onto things that are like about you know like cancel culture or being woke, or they're grabbing onto these little buzzwords that they're able to like feed out to other people. Now, personally, I think cancel culture is fucking stupid. It drives me crazy. So, if you want to call me a part of the mega people, I'm with you. Cancel culture is is dumb. Um, I had a really great conversation with a friend of mine, uh, you know, on 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 out Chicago on WCPT airing Sundays from eleven to one, uh, like right after the George Floyd murder, and after all the protests and everything, and we're talking about like call out culture and cancel culture, and instead of like calling out somebody and canceling them, why aren't we calling people in? Why aren't we reaching out to those people who are making these egregious errors, who are, um, may, might not understand that what they are saying or doing is hurtful towards a community? Why are we not just having the tough conversations with people as opposed to just be like, oh, you, are, you said this, we're done, as opposed to, hey, let me explain to you why this is bad let me talk to you how this is hurtful, how this does not help advance our conversation, and moving from there. Instead of calling people out, we need to be calling people in. We need to like, we need to really just point out like, that's, that's messed up what you just did there, and here's why. And that way you don't cancel people. Now, when it comes to, I mean, there of course there are bigger things, you know, that uh, I'm sure at some point in our years-long relationship that we've we've talked about something, you know, like separating the the art from the artist, you know, that's one of the hugest things that's, that's really tricky to do. One of my comedy heroes, Bill Cosby. Ooh, that dude is problematic, you know, and his art is just amazing. Michael Jackson, you know, He's not alive to defend himself from all of these allegations, which are probably true. But, you know, like, he has a whole thing of of all of his stuff. And mostly, and the thing that's also very troubling is that most of these seem to be dudes. You know, the dudes who are being called out and canceled, like, it's the people who are being called out and canceled are guys, are men. So I think we might want to start looking at what's. Let's look at toxic masculinity. Let's look at like what we are, what these guys are trying to do. What are they up against, and why are they behaving like this? So right, yeah, so there we uh, are. I'm going so, all over the place. Uh, yeah, you are. I like this. Uh, all right. So your reaction to Dave Chappelle's uh, Netflix special and his uh, co- comedic obsession with trans? I just I don't watch it. 
Here's the deal. I, I know that Dave Chappelle is one of the greatest comics of our time. I think he's very, very smart. I think he has gotten to, in the comedy world, we talk about this thing about punching up, uh, which means that when you are going after somebody for comedic effect or for a roast or whatever it is, you go for people with a higher status. You go for people who have more power than you. And I think Dave Chappelle has hit, just this, hit this point there's no one really above him right now. Now, his and so he punches down. I don't understand why he goes after trans women all the time. It seems to be like a very big uh, thing for him. So maybe that's something that he needs to be working out. Also, I think he knows that it's going to get a lot of clicks and cause a lot of controversy. And so he'll probably just say it. Now, I, don't, I just don't watch it. I just don't watch his shows. You know? Plenty of other people will. And again, so I will... time out. Did you used to watch him and now you're not watching him? Like, I have watched. Here's the thing I also have a really weird relationship to comedy stuff. Like, I don't like watching comedy. I like doing Whoa. Comedy. I know. I know. Whoa, stop the presses. I mean, there are some people that I would love to, that, that really like affected me and I loved it. Like, Bo Burnham's Inside. Whoa, that is like a masterpiece. Hannah Gadsby, uh, 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 oh God, not Douglas, her first one. Shit, can't remember it. Uh, like, brilliant, earth-shattering. But as a rule, like, I don't necessarily like to watch, watch comedy. I know that's weird. Why? That is know. weird. Why? I don't know. I'll have to journal about it. <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out. I, uh... I mean, it's funny because. But um, oh, but but the same. But I will watch Dave Chappelle. Like that. What was it? Uh, 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 eight, eight, eight. His special that he did right after George Floyd's murder. Eighteen eight, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think it's eight, it, eight it's uh, it's outdoors. Yeah, that yeah. I thought was required. Uh, yeah. Amazing, just okay. amazing to me. Now, I, mean, I, I go ahead. Sorry. So you've sort of canceled David Chappelle. Just mm. saying. No, I'm not out there rallying. You used to watch him, him, and now you don't watch him. But I'm not out there saying that he shouldn't be saying what he's saying. I don't think that he sh that that he should be shouldn't be doing what he's doing. I'm like you. You are a grown person, and you can live with your consequences. You know, you have the First Amendment. You have free speech. The f I just don't need to consume it. I'm not canceling him at all. I'm saying you can do whatever you want, and you are an extremely talented person. I my wish is that you would stop doing it. But you're, who are you? You're not going to hear to please me. That's the difference between canceling. It's like, you know what? They do this. I don't really appreciate it. I know other people do. Just like Britney Spears. Some people think she's the greatest. Me, not so much. But I'm all for free Britney and all that <laughs> bullshit. You know, great. Go ahead and do that. But she's just yeah. not my fave. She's just not my cup of tea. I don't think that she should be canceled because she can't sing. Yeah. I, uh... Let's go back to Bill Cosby. I'm not going to let that one slide by. Uh, you, you are a huge fan of Bill Cosby. And you know what? I give you credit. Uh, you haven't thrown that away. You haven't, you're not lying about it. Uh, I, I share your love for Cosby. Uh, I, I, I thought he was the world's funniest man in the late 60s when I was like in junior high and in uh, high school. I watched all his movies in the 70s. I just... I kind of dropped away from Bill Cosby uh, with his, he went on national, the Bill Cosby show, you know, like, but I just thought he was 
to Russell, my brother, whom I, I slept with, was the funniest thing in the world. So you can't rewrite history of who we are, Scott. You know what I mean? But although plenty of people try, you know, I was a nerd and I loved Bill Cosby. So what is it about Bill Cosby that you uh, that spoke to you, young Scott Duff, growing up in Missouri? What what was it about Bill Cosby? He was just the best storyteller. Like Bill Cosby does it isn't he's not a joke person. Like I'm not a joke person. I'm not like a setup joke, setup joke, setup joke. I I hopefully I would like to take people on a little bit of a journey. You know, and his his stories were just um he's an incredible storyteller. And and he was you know, props to my mom. You know, we were like she for her her way of navigating the conservative world, uh, you know, she was a dev, a, an incredibly devout woman. Um, you know, I was brought up in the Episcopal Church. I've got a an Episcopal priest sister. You know, we that's the kind of world that I grew up in, and she was always um, just so very. She was kind of progressive in her own way. She there was something about Bill Cosby, who as a black man was being invited to all of these, like, into people's homes, at first with the records, his albums, you know, and there was still, like, a squeaky clean. Like, he didn't swear. He didn't work blue. There was something that was very wholesome about it. The whole bit about Noah building the ark, like, that whole, that was a huge thing. We listened to that all the time. You know, Vuba, 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 ding, Noah. What? Like, I mean, I could... Surprise, like, that whole thing. Like, that was a part of the things that we would do, like, as a family. And then Bill Cosby himself came out. There was just something about, he was so relatable, you know? There was something so wonderful. He, okay, with the Cosby Show, which was based on basically the latter half of uh, Bill Cosby's concert, Bill Cosby himself which is, you know, he does this whole thing about the family and, you know, making chocolate cake for the kids and, like, how, you know, it was... that He just talks about his family, which, and it became the basis. Like, some of the jokes from the first season of The Cosby Show are lifted directly from that film and that concert. The thing that was so great about that was everybody was relatable. He, it was a family. You understood what a family was. And the thing that made this family different, it was the parents versus the kids, you know, and it was like, it wasn't always like, oh, the children are murdered. It was more like, we're going to get those children and I'm going to kill them, you know, like, and not really kill them, you know, but it was like, it was speaking with real frustrations. There was something very universal about him that was just so fun and so smart. And then he turned out to be the biggest creep on the planet, you know, and it's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know about the biggest, but among them. He's up there. Uh, well, I, mean, right, I don't know. Like how he's many women, it's like 70 some, I'm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll okay. save that well, we'll for get into, we'll get into rank the degrees creeps. of creepiness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to close by giving you an opportunity to riff uh, about uh, your favorite movie at the moment, which you were ex very enthusiastic about uh, when we talked on the phone the other day. I hope, I hope you haven't forgotten this already. Yeah. No. No. Uh, no. And um, look, my eyes just got big, uh, like big old googly everywhere. eyes. Where am I googly Yeah, so right take now? it away. Yeah. Y'all. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Run, <laughs> don't walk. You've got to see this movie. It is the most 
bizarre, like it is a little tiny film that captures so many things. It tackles these huge, huge themes, huge topics. But at the heart of it, it is an immigrant story about a Chinese American family and about the choices that you can make. And about that is the thing that gives me hope is that you are able to make different choices every second of your day. And it's huge. If you haven't seen it, it's about a, a, an immigrant Chinese family who uh, are here in America. They run a laundromat. It's a, a, Michelle Yeoh plays the matriarch of the family. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name because it's not up in front of me right now. And I'm a horrible human being because of it. But it was the guy who, the adult actor who was a child, played Data on, in The Goonies and was short round in Indiana Jones. He plays her husband. Uh, and uh, Stephanie Sue, who is on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, plays their queer daughter. It's this little American family, and then all of us, and they're being audited by the IRS, played by a terrifying and delightfully schlumpy Jamie Lee Curtis uh, there. And then all of a sudden, a multiverse is, is revealed, and Michelle Yeoh has been picked to save the universe because, and because of this, because that in this universe, she is the worst possible version of herself. Based, and because she's made the absolute worst decisions all of all time that she's ever made across all the multiple universes, she knows which is the right decision now to make to save the universe. And there's, it's, sounds very bizarre and it is we've got hot dog fingers we've got a raccoon running around we've got googly eyes everywhere you've got an everything bagel i mean it's just it is it's out there but to me it was just one of those wonderfully just like it cracked me open in a remarkable way where it was like you know what we are able to choose make different choices and if you don't like something, you can always make another choice. There we yeah, are. That's a great riff. That's my riff. That's that. That's <laughs> his riff. Yeah, that's that. That's that's Jimi Hendrix like. That's the highest <laughs> praise. Jimi Hendrix. I have lit my on the shirt bedroom. on fire. When I say you're Jimi Hendrix, yeah. I mean, wow. Look, I mean, we might as well close the show down. Well, I double what he said. I urge everybody to check it out. Uh, and see it, I think it's still in the theater. See it on the big screen because it yeah. is a definitely a big screen movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, all right, uh, Scott Duff, thank you very much. Uh, it's so much fun talking to you. Should not let, I say this to all, so many guests these days, should not let so much time I know. go by in between interviews. So many guests. So few shows, dude. It's so hard, to be and yet so I just constantly like record shows. I know, but you're so popular. People just well, you got to hang out. With you. You know, hey, come on, it's fine. I get it. Yeah. If you could have seen where we were when I bugged Scott into doing this show, you would be laughing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll leave that one alone because I uh, we'll just let that one go. Come on, Scott, let's do it right now. Right, commit, commit. Done. Done. That's what I do, my guests. You got to commit right now. We're yeah, gonna do next week. Big old bully is what you are. Uh, I am a bully. Yes. <laughs> All right, the great Scott Duff. Uh, the great Ben Jarofsky. And uh, thank you very much, young man. That's Scott Duff. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.